Emmy award-winning comedian John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that will stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time only on Netflix. What's up, Los Angeles? Lovely to see you all. Welcome to Love It or Leave It. Somebody's been watering the fake plants in the crooked office this week, and that's exactly the can-do attitude you can expect from the Democratic Party, if you ask me. Just be grateful. We've got a great show for you tonight. Pod Save the UK's Nish Kumar is here, and he explains how the hell we're supposed to stay calm and carry on at a time like this. The very funny Brad Williams is here to remind us that life isn't the only thing that's short. Ashley Nicole Black finds herself caught in my web, my madame web. And we close out the show with a round of all the things we hate to love. But first, let's get into it. What a week. (laughs) Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny died on Friday at the Arctic Penal Colony, where he was serving a sentence of more than 30 years. Tell me about it. He never let me finish my sentences either, said Putin's ex-wife. That was a little insensitive. (laughs) And now a quick word from our sponsors. This episode of Love It or Leave It is brought to you by the new true crime podcast, Who Killed Alexei Navalny? (laughs) Russian officials claim he died of sudden death syndrome, but what if that story is just that? A story. Navalny, it turns out, had enemies in pretty high places. In this one-part, 15-second docuseries, we investigate the mysterious death of Vladimir Putin's biggest political rival as we try to answer the question, could Navalny have been killed by the dictator who also poisoned him (laughs) and then locked him away in a remote prison camp on manufactured charges? Listen to Who Killed Alexei Navalny wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know. Police in Russia have detained hundreds who are paying tribute to Navalny at ad hoc memorials. I hope they don't catch this sudden death syndrome that's been going around. Navalny's wife on Monday vowed to continue her husband's crusade against Putin because behind every great man is a great woman, and behind her is a guy with a syringe. Yeah, I'm taking the note. Uh, Western leaders quickly condemned Putin, with President Biden saying on Friday, make no mistake, Putin is responsible for Navalny's death. Biden wasn't born yesterday, after all. Sure, it'd be cool if it had been a little bit closer to yesterday. (laughs) Meanwhile, Trump avoided commenting on Navalny's death for days, finally servicing to compare the dissident's brutal persecution to his own legal troubles in a town hall with Fox News personality and person who cuts you in line at the Upper East Side Citarella and then says, sorry, I'm just in a rush, before arguing with the cashier when you were going to buy literally one thing. Laura Ingram. People around the world are expressing outrage over the death of Alexei Navalny, of course, in a horrific Russian prison. Um, You posted on Truth Social about it. You said that his death made you more aware of the political circumstances here at home. It's happening here. (sighs) We all have that friend who thinks the way you show empathy is by saying, oh, that's exactly like what happened to me. You know, you say, like, I've been feeling more and more like I chose the wrong career. And they say, oh, me too. I love my job, but it's been such a frustrating week. And it's like, no, bitch, listen. You don't have to fucking me too every part of the conversation. Sometimes I'm just having an experience. But if Trump's comparison was too subtle, he went further. Now, in this New York civil fraud case, this Judge Arthur Engeron ruled against you for almost a half a billion dollars 
plus interest that runs every day. When I first read this, like $87,000 a day. How would you put up that kind of money because you have a bond to put up? Even if, if you appeal, you've got to put up escrow money. That's uh, it's a lot it of, a lot of a dough. It is a form of Navalny. <laughs> God damn it. It's no wonder Trump is feeling vexed. New York Attorney General Letitia James, Tish from Brooklyn, said on Tuesday that if Trump doesn't have the funds to pay his penalties, she's prepared to seize his buildings. Trump Tower, affordable housing, baby. <laughs> Lobbies a public library, gender-affirming care, and the office he rented to that guy who does his weave. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I ate in that basement restaurant once. Before. Yuck. Terrible layout, too. Trump also took a moment to further humiliate America's most humiliated man who happened to be in the audience. Tim Scott, he has been much better for me than he was for himself. I watched his campaign. Oh. Tim Scott waved back with his arm around an invisible woman. Tim Scott was then asked about this moment on Thursday. Senator Trump has said that you've, um, that you campaign better for him than you do for yourself. Do you agree with that? Well, I think that the whole concept of uh, James 410, which I struggled with on the campaign trail, my campaign, we've had lots of conversations publicly and privately about the importance of how do you exalt yourself and promote yourself while remaining humble. I've struggled with that on the campaign trail. Now, having a conversation about the future of America and the president, Trump being that leader is very easy. There's no internal conversation about when are you doing too much self-promotion. So the truth of the matter is that I'm far better uh, encouraging and being excited and motivated for President Trump than I was for myself because I don't have that internal debate going on. Wow. Just truly like new levels of cringe being unlocked daily by this guy. If Tim Scott's presidential campaign was the original cringe game, Tim Scott's VP campaign is the cringe DLC that finally perfects the promising but ultimately flawed cringe mechanics from the first launch. That was for no one. Uh, And look, I know these people are full of shit, and I know it's not the point, but the idea that you are going to say that because of what the Bible taught you about humility, you are better able to campaign for Donald Trump I am a gay-ass Jewish person who only goes to church for weddings and to use the bathroom in New York City and drink the delicious water they leave out. And I find this galling. Oh, you learned from the Bible that it's important to be humble. And that helped you relieve any internal contradictions you had about trying to make Donald Trump the most powerful person in the fucking world. Who buys this? James 410. I went and looked it up. I don't know James 410, neither any of you people. Guess we can't ask you any follow-up questions because none of us know James 410 either. That's the beauty of the Bible verse on the campaign trail. They can't look it up fast enough. Anyway, Trump took his humble operation to SneakerCon in Philadelphia to introduce his new shoe line. Yeah, that's right. The shift has been gradual, but experts project that by 2030, Donald Trump and Kanye West will be the same guy. If you score a pair, just be careful not to get any liberal tears on them because you can't get them wet. Trump's shoes, called Never Surrender High Tops, are gold, feature his T logo, an American flag, and cost $399. I think we have a photo. And I'm going to say this. They're fucking cool. I love them. Shut up. They're good. I like those shoes. Elizabeth Warren sold them. They'd be on my feet right now. 
Trump is also selling a new fragrance called Victory, which the site describes as the signature scent of strength and success designed for the decisive and the bold. And it sprays from the anal glands as a defense mechanism whenever a district attorney is nearby. Meanwhile, Trump's second-term agenda has been taking shape, and the shape is that of a forceps held by the worst kid in your college Roman history class. The Center for Renewing America, a think tank with close ties to Trump, has drawn up its list of top priorities for a second term, which includes the bullet point Christian nationalism. What would that mean in practice? Well, if these goons have their way, it could mean overturning gay marriage, reducing access to contraceptives, ending sex education in schools, banning surrogacy, ending no-fault divorce, and making the screaming albino monk from the Da Vinci Code Secretary of Health and Human Services. (laughs) This follows a ruling by the Alabama Supreme Court, which declared that frozen embryos should be considered children under state law and that someone could be held liable for destroying them under Alabama's wrongful death of a minor act. Chief Justice Tom Parker wrote... Human life cannot be wrongfully destroyed without incurring the wrath of a holy God, who views the destruction of his image as an affront to himself. Even before birth, all human beings bear the image of God, and their lives cannot be destroyed without effacing his glory. Hey, real quick, are there any lawyers here? (laughs) Judicial opinions usually end with amen. The decision was the result of a wrongful death case put forward by couples whose frozen embryos were accidentally destroyed. Here's what happened. This is real. In 2020, a hospital patient wandered into the fertility clinic. The patient then removed some embryos from a cryogenic nursery. Since the containers with the embryos were painfully cold, the patient dropped the embryos on the floor, which destroyed them. In a sane world, the court wouldn't have ruled that destroying a frozen embryo is the same as killing a person. The court would have ruled that hospitals must have adequate defenses against Mr. Bean. The ruling could have major implications for fertility treatments like IVF, which entail creating and freezing multiple embryos to give a patient the best chance of becoming pregnant. And indeed, the University of Alabama at Birmingham Health System announced Wednesday that it was pausing IVF treatments. Said the health system, we are saddened that this will impact our patient's attempt to have a baby through IVF, but we must evaluate the potential that our patients and our physicians could be prosecuted criminally or face punitive damages for following the standard of care for IVF treatments. Two more clinics in the state dropped offering IVF treatments the next day with more likely to follow. There could soon be no IVF at all available in a state of 5 million people. Look, it's very simple. Every woman should be a mother unless she actively wants to be one, then she should go fuck herself. Motherhood should be an unwelcome accident that ruins your life, like a car crash or texting the person you were trying to talk shit about. (laughs) The Republican position is clear. No babies for people who want them and lots of babies for people who do not. Said one official, with any luck, in 18 years, no child in this country will be loved. (laughs) Republicans will now be forced to answer for yet another devastating and deeply unpopular consequence of the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision. They really goofed up the order on this one. You gotta install a dictator and cancel the elections, then take away all the rights. It's the wrong order, you fucking dummies. Among the one in six Americans who have struggled with fertility issues, former Vice President Mike Pence, whose family turned to IVF and who told Politico last year that he fully supports the practice. If you create an embryo by fucking, then it's a human life. If you create an embryo by looking at pictures of Doris Day until the heavenly release while your wife waits in the clinic lobby, it's just cells. Tim Scott, in the same press availability where he talked about humility making it easy to support Trump, was also asked about this ruling. 
Alabama Supreme Court ruled that embryos are children. That's raised questions over whether in vitro fertilization can you know, move forward. Is that a stance that you agree with? Well, I haven't studied the issue, so I'm going to let Nikki Haley continue to go back and forth on that issue. But uh, uh, I'm sorry. First of all, just a swing at Nikki Haley. I'm sorry. I haven't studied the issue. The issue is directly and obviously implicated by the policies I support and say are central to my worldview. I am for declaring fertilized eggs human life, but I haven't really thought about what happens after that. I like setting fires, but I don't really know what fire is. I don't understand the science of it at all. I don't even know if a fire is the light above the wood or is it the wood? Where is the fire? Anyway, I've never had sex. Meanwhile, Trump's last Republican challenger standing, Nikki Haley, held a campaign event in South Carolina where she vowed to fight on regardless of the results of the primary in her home state. South Carolina will vote on Saturday, but on Sunday, I'll still be running for president. I'm not going anywhere. I'm campaigning every day until the last person votes. I'm not going anywhere. Not to the White House. Not anywhere. Haley went on to say this. Many of the same politicians who now publicly embrace Trump privately dread him. They know what a disaster he's been and will continue to be for our party. I feel no need to kiss the ring. Good, because I'm a little busy here, said Tim Scott, fully deep-throating that beautiful ring. In response to her comments, a Trump spokesperson said... She's going to drop down to kiss ass when she quits like she always does. Many took issue with her needing to drop down to kiss ass European style instead of picking the ass up and kissing it while standing American style. Nikki Haley isn't using the continental grip. And by the way, in life, if you think someone is ultimately going to do what you want them to do, don't dare them not to do it. You always come crawling back is not the hero's line. Just six months ago, you were kissing the ring. You raised your hand when you said you'd vote for him if he'd been convicted. That was a ring kiss. (laughs) I feel like kicking it off when Navalny sent us in the wrong direction. (laughs) You tried doing this every week. It's not all fucking hand jobs at Beetlejuice. Wish it were. Meanwhile, as the general election comes into stark relief, CNN reported on Tuesday that President Biden had given his staff new marching orders in his re-election bid. We are told that the thrust of the president's direction was to significantly ramp up the campaign's efforts to highlight the crazy shit that Trump says uh, in public. First of all, there was a time, feels like weeks ago, we couldn't just say shit on CNN. This also cuts two ways. People hearing Trump say crazy shit in public is how we got President Trump, but it's also how we got rid of President Trump. It's a pickle. (laughs) One source within the Biden campaign said the president himself even went as far to rise up from his seat, walk up to the strategy whiteboard, and erase the entire section labeled more dog attacks. Yes, that's right. According to internal Secret Service documents, Commander Biden bit Secret Service personnel in at least 24 separate incidents at the White House and elsewhere, far more than previously reported. Biden, fine. You're not too old. Just call off your dogs. If you don't want Commander to bite, then why make agents meat flavored? Asked President Biden. 24 times. That's too many times. 
That's more times than we've joked about Commander biting people. And we do that all the time. I only get to bite people six times before Tommy bunks me on the nose with a rolled up newspaper. Wrote one agent in an email last June, the recent dog bites have challenged us to adjust our operational tactics when Commander is present. Please give lots of room. The email also warned that agents must be creative to ensure our own personal safety. Now is my time to shine, said the one Secret Service agent who went to Brown. Other creative tactics included yelling fetch a commander and then throwing the nuclear football down the hallway. One of the more severe incidents outlined in the report took place on July 29th, 2023. Commander was off leash in Rehoboth Beach and bit a special agent on the left forearm, causing a severe, deep, open wound. The attack caused the agent to lose a significant amount of blood. You're on the ground. You're bleeding out. You're starting to lose consciousness. You're wondering if you have enough strength to call your wife and say goodbye. And all of a sudden, the president of the United States is standing over you saying, he's never like this. But something's working for our boy, Joe, because President Biden held a slight leave over, over Trump in a new Quinnipiac poll this week, 49% to Trump's 45%. In response to the news, a frantic President Biden was seen darting around the White House asking aides, why, what, what was the last thing I did? Was it confusing the names of world leaders? I can do that. Uh, the president of Canada's name, Barney Butterscotch. Check the polls again. Did that do anything? We also would have accepted Frankie Poutine. Frankie Poutine. Respondents did say Trump seemed more physically fit than Biden, which may not make a difference in the presidential debates, but the presidential ninja warrior games are just around the corner. <laughs> also this week, the president announced the cancellation of an additional $1.2 billion in student loan debt for about 153,000 borrowers. <laughs> awesome, I can finally quit this job and pursue my dream of not getting bitten by dogs every day, said that Secret <laughs> Service agent who went to Brown. Biden has now canceled a total of $138 billion in student debt from nearly 3.9 million borrowers through executive actions, despite the Supreme Court's ruling that stopped the larger program he hoped to implement. On Wednesday, borrowers received an email from the president informing them, if you qualify, you'll be hearing from me shortly. Behind one door, President Biden holding a check. Behind the other door, President Biden holding the leash of a dog he cannot control. Apple has formally warned against immersing your wet iPhone in a bowl of uncooked rice, saying that the practice could allow small particles of rice to damage your iPhone. While I, John Lovett, would like to remind you, you can still eat the rice afterwards. No one can see you in your house. No one knows what you're doing when you're alone. In other news, Air Canada's website apparently featured an AI-powered chatbot after the chatbot made up a fake rebate offer that tricked a customer into buying a plane ticket. The company tried to argue that the chatbot was responsible for its own actions. <laughs> well, this week, a Canadian court said that it is not the case and Air Canada owes that customer money. Hey, we're not responsible for what our machines do doesn't exactly give you confidence in Air Canada. <laughs> Of course, this ruling will only apply in Canada. It remains to be seen whether companies in the U.S. will be allowed to use what is literally the same defense as ventriloquists use when their dummies do insulting crowd work. <laughs> in other plane news, Boeing has ousted the head of the company's 737 MAX program in the wake of a door panel blowing off a 737 MAX 9 mid-flight last month. The executive landed on a roof outside Cleveland. <laughs> That's, of course, ridiculous. He had a golden parachute. 
A private space mission landed on the surface of the moon Thursday carrying 125 steel sculptures of the moon itself made by artist Jeff Koons. That's right, our greatest artist has crafted some tiny moon sculptures because they're going to the moon. Koons is making an interesting statement with this work, and that statement is moon. (laughs) All right, listen. We let you put those fucking balloon dogs in the Bellagio lobby. That tracks to me. You don't get to represent us on other planets. No, it's not a planet. Also this week, scientists discovered that what was thought to be a 280 million year old dinosaur fossil is largely a forgery shaded to look like an ancient bone. But why tell us this is my question. Let us live in our life of delusion. We don't need to know that some dinosaur skeleton is just a chicken bone with a smoky eye. Let us live in happiness. Researchers had assumed that the fossil discovered in Italy in 1931 had a dark color from genetic material only to realize the few bones present had been made to look old with black paint and carved rock. Oh no, Giuseppe, our fake of bones. They've found us. Kiss me, Giuseppe. (laughs) It's the last accent you're allowed to do. And finally, a Colorado man died after being bitten by his pet Gila monster. Responded President Biden, I'd like to make an offer on this Gila monster. I'll call him Commander Monster. (laughs) When we come back, what's all this then? It's Nish Kumar. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. This podcast is brought to you by Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Americans United defends your freedom to live as yourself and believe as you choose so long as you don't harm others. Core freedoms and even democracy itself rest upon the wall of separation between church and state. While Christian nationalists are attacking these freedoms, seeking to force us all to live by their narrow beliefs, Americans United is fighting back. Freedom without favor and equality without exception. Learn more about AU's work at au.org slash crooked. That's au.org slash crooked. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats to keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Pot Save America is brought to you by Helix. If you're looking for better sleep, you need to upgrade your mattress with Helix. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released and high-end Helix Elite Collection, Hmm. a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids, which Charlie has. Charlie has a Helix mattress now, just for kids, in his uh, race car bed. Very excited, very happy about it. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes, and uh, it ships straight to your door free of charge. They even offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. If you're a side sleeper, you can choose a model with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief. There are also models with more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, check out enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating while you sleep. It's no wonder Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. And you, you've loved your Helix I love I got a Don Lux. There you go. And there it's you go. great. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash crooked. That's helixsleep.com slash crooked. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. And we're back! 
welcome to the stage. We're chuffed to have him. He just flew from across the pond and boys is toad in the hole tired. <laughs> it's hilarious host of Cricket Zone Posse of the UK. It's Nish Kumar. Hi, Nish. Good to see you. Good to see you. Get in here. Lovely hey. to be back. Um, That's the, I sat down on a sofa and there was more give under my ass than I'd been expecting. Apologies. Ass. America. Um, hey. Yeah. Maybe too late. The Queen left this here when she was on. <laughs> How dare you speak ill of the dead Queen, John? I didn't. I, sp- I just spoke of her. <laughs> uh, do you want me to try the hat on? Yep. Yeah, all right. I'll pop it on. Oh, it's quite. It's more structured than I'd anticipated. Now. Now, I understand that there was some sort of incident involving your passport, and we almost had to get your close personal friend, Mr. Bean, to fill in for you. <laughs> there, was a, there was an incident with my... I am actually going to have to take this off, because I have such a huge head that the hat will not sit on top of it. I'll put it here like I'm hiding an erection. Um, what a pro. I, uh, for the benefit of the listeners, it's over my dick. Yeah, they filled... Where do you... Where else would you keep it? <laughs> <laughs> I um I arrived here and I was um I was sort of very stressed about going I'm always very stressed by US immigration. I was very tense about the whole thing. Uh anyway, I passed through without any problem. My visa checked out, which uh, thank you for writing a cover letter for. Oh, I did. Yeah. I did. And it was probably the easiest uh, visa cover letter of all time. It, my parents were like, are you worried about getting it? And I was like, <laughs> the first one is from a guy who used to work in the White House. I think I'm going to be fine. Um, but it was I was stressed about it. I got through it. And then I, that can only explain that I was like over relaxed. And I left my passport in a New York City taxi. <sighs> and it was an absolute like disaster and like that for me is like a night like i was spiraling like i i i I, at one point i was just alone in the place i was staying and i just out loud said what is the point of you like which is a huge overreaction Uh, or or a question we all (laughs) grapple with every day of our lives (laughs) but then uh a miracle occurred the taxi driver came back and waited for me all morning. And it was it was so incredible. And I, I was so thankful. And I said, why did you do it? And he said, look, at the end of the day, he was uh, his parents were from India. And he's like, you're Indian, I'm Indian. And so I just felt like I couldn't leave you stuck like this. And I will say to white people, I get it. When racism benefits you, it feels genuinely incredible. Because <laughs> from the look on that guy's face... If it had been your passport, love it, he would have frisbeed it into a New York City sewer and it would have taken the eye off a Ninja Turtle. Like, it's... Yeah, probably because I would have said something on the way, something like, faster, please, I'm very important. (laughs) I'm used to being in motorcades. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so I'm very, uh, I'm very grateful to uh, a New York City taxi driver um, who, yeah, it was very, it was very kind of him. Um... And I did give him some money. Uh, and then I, ta- I talked about this on stage at a New York comedy club. 
And a woman said, how much did you give? And I didn't think, and I answered honestly, I gave him a thousand dollars, right? What? But the, uh, because it, I was so stressed about it. And the problem is that created quite a strange atmosphere in the room because they didn't really understand how I could afford that. Because as far as they were concerned, I was an open mic comedian. So then I find myself in this situation where I'm saying, no, in England, I'm very famous. At which point a woman sat in the front row says, I'm from England and I've never heard of you. So... I, I'm more on the logistics. Do you carry traveler's checks? <laughs> what? Thousand uh, dollars in, in, in US in hundred dollar bills? What are you? Are you are you here to buy one of like uh, one of Pablo Escobar's hippos? <laughs> I withdrew the money from the ATM. I, it felt like a nice round figure. Yeah. That's I bet I, that's I'm sure that's what he said when he got home. <laughs> he said, Honey, you never believe it. This guy gave me five hundred dollars. <laughs> Jason Manzoukas from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> Give me $200. $200. And I'll tell you this, he looks worse in real life. All right, let's talk, let's talk politics. Yes. On Tuesday, uh, the U.S. vetoed a U.N. resolution, widely supported, calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. The vote was 13 to 1 on yep. the 15-member Security Council. That 15th vote, the U.K., which yep. heroically abstained. Say what you will about us, John, but we will chicken out at any given opportunity. We'll weirdly say something about Winston Churchill and then we'll use the phrase fight them on the beaches and then we'll say, in conclusion, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> on Tuesday, Prince William yes. called for a ceasefire. Yes. Uh, does that carry weight in the UK or is that more of like if Hunter Biden... <laughs> said something. I don't, I don't think Prince William's done that much coke. Right? <laughs> I, huh. It doesn't... It, it carries only symbolic weight. It does... I, I do think it's sort of symbolically interesting that the conversation has moved far enough that a member of the royal family has made a comment about it. But obviously, he has no actual political power. Right. I don't think we will get rid of the monarchy in my lifetime, but I'm hoping that we're just going to farm them off one by one to your country. <laughs> just easy. I'll just give him a Netflix deal. <laughs> Come on. With the Royals coming over for Netflix deals, it's going to be a fool me twice situation. <laughs> they can't. Yeah, we gave we tried a couple podcasts and it didn't take. We'll take <laughs> what you think they're working. What? what are you? Ooh, yeah, that's right. I'll say it. I don't think Prince Harry's podcast worked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that offends you. <laughs> Fucking royalists. <laughs> wow. Love you, are you a roast comic. Are you the... <laughs> I didn't realize the Duchy of Montecito was here. <laughs> Guess Duchess. The Duchy's the land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I don't believe in your... I don't like your customs. I, I, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday, dozens of lawmakers stormed out of parliament. Yes. After there's a chaotic vote on a ceasefire. Yes. Uh, what's happening? It was a weird thing because I was I've been in New York for the last couple of days, so it's a strange thing to kind of be out of the country and be trying to follow all the news reports. And what was incredible was that I watched a string uh, on YouTube of the like BBC News, Channel Four News, and it was extraordinary because all of them opened with the same basic comment, which was, "This has not been a good day for the British Parliament." So it's quite a it's quite a strange bit of parliamentary business. So the uh, SNP, which is the Scottish National Party, were tabling a motion um, that would essentially have called 
unambiguously for a ceasefire. The government then were trying to table an amendment to that motion that was basically like, we're not going to be here in a year, so we're just trying to ruin everything. That's basically the British Conservative Party is very much in the stealing the paperclips phase of being in office. Um, but then it created it created a problem within the Labour Party. I think there's some similar dynamics playing out with the Democrats. There's a kind of tension in the UK Labour Party between the leadership, which wants to continue unambiguously supporting Benjamin Netanyahu, and then a lot of the party membership and a lot of the lower level ministers who want to unambiguously call for a ceasefire. But basically, to sum this all up, what was supposed to be a debate in, you know, the Houses of Parliament, the thing that we in our country sort of pride ourselves on as being this sort of cradle of democracy, uh, it ended up just being an argument about arcane procedure. And so it came off as uh, incredibly flippant and sort of disrespectful. It did not show us at our best. Yeah, you say that, but then it's like, oh, wow, you guys devolve into Downtown Abbey. And it's like, well, we start there. <laughs> we could only wish on our on Congress's best day to have the refinement of a Downtown Abbey. <laughs> I will say, it, your Congress seems to have the same average age. Maggie Smith at this point would be a young whippersnapper. <laughs> Yeah, they're so old. It's crazy. It's crazy. So are our movie stars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's funny. Um, the only thing that I object to, I'm I'm perfectly happy with people commenting on Joe Biden's age and making that a point of discussion. But the only thing I strongly object to, and this is the only thing comment I will make about American politics, is when people say, "Well, Trump is, you know, he seems quite vigorous and alert," and you're like, "No, he doesn't." Like, if you met Donald Trump just in the street with no knowledge of who he was, you would assume. He was an old man who had got tragically lost from his house in Argentina, where he'd been living since 1945 in hiding from Mossad. Yeah, because of the tan. (laughs) That's right. You'd be like, oh, that's no, he's tan. He started. He's tan, but he's he's started north in a way that we don't feel quite comfortable with. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, basically, there's a lot of people who support the UK, and I would include myself absolutely as a lifelong Labour voter who would like to see the Labour Party unambiguously call for uh, a ceasefire um, in the region. Not we understand because it would actually have any meaningful weight, but I think it would have some symbolic value if the Labour Party, which we assume by the end of the year is going to be the party of government in the United Kingdom, was actually throwing its weight behind this. Also, it would show it had learned some lessons because the Labour Party was in power the last time countries responded to a terrorist attack by collectively punishing a civilian population. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. So... There's a divide on the left that's yeah. playing out in the Labour Party that's not dissimilar to the one that is playing out in the United States. You know, the United States has a different relationship with Israel than the United Kingdom does. Why is it just the pressure for the United States that leads the UK to land on its abstain as, as opposed to voting either in favor or against the ceasefire? Like, is that is that why? What's uh, the? I think Keir Starmer is trying to present himself as prime minister in waiting, and he you know, according to every conceivable opinion poll, is going to be prime minister. And I don't think he wants to distance himself too far from Biden. Like, I think he wants to... He, he, I, I, the the campaign that they're in the process of shaping, I think, will be heavily influenced by Biden's campaign in 2020. And I, I don't think the UK Labour Party wants to set itself far apart from um, the from the Democrats at the moment. Now, apparently you're Nancy Pelosi is on the American version of the traitors. 
I've been watching the traders. I believe there's a new episode today. I, I have today. to. I come again with a PSA for you all. Right, the US, the UK version of the traders is genuinely better because it, there's no celebrities. It's all ordinary, run of the mill maniacs. I I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna watch the UK version because my problem with the American version is there are all these uh, reality stars, none of whom really have thought very deeply about the strategy of this game, yeah. which I find deeply upsetting. <laughs> but in the midst of these reality stars, there are survivors, there's people from the challenge, there yeah. are real housewives. There is a legit former member of parliament, John Burkow, who is, first of all, by the way, he never looks like he belongs. <laughs> there's not a frame in this show where he looks like he should be there. He doesn't seem to know why he's there. Um, he also, by the way, seems like no one told him until seven seconds before they said action that there would be running involved. <laughs> it, it doesn't look like he's ever seen a reality show, maybe a television show, anyone running before. He runs with such a low center of gravity. I'm gonna do it. I've never seen someone run like this. I've never seen someone run like this. It's it's truly like he's never seen. It's like he's inventing it, but it's this. It's this. <laughs> and look fast, fast. It's like a child. It's like, it's like that. He's running behind fucking poverty. Who's an athlete, by the way? Yeah, it's what's up with that? Un, it is unfathomable to me. He was like he sits in an equivalent position to Nancy Pelosi. And like he was the Speaker of the House of Parliament during some pretty like rancorous Brexit debates. So he was like, he's not like even like a more obscure speaker that he was like on TV every single night trying to run debates in Parliament. And now he is on the traitors. And, and here's my question, you know, Okay, he needed 250 grand. Who doesn't? In the US, we we have corruption. <laughs> they get to go on boards and sit and do speaking tours and other ways to kind of remunerate themselves based on their public service. They make they they leave the government and then they find ways to trade on the value of their mind and experience and connections. Does he not get to do that? I, I what kind of society are you running over there? <laughs> I, have, I have no idea because I will say that memo has absolutely made it to the English Conservative Party <laughs> because those guys are doing so many jobs, they do not have time to do their first job. So I don't know how the chump Burkow has managed to end up not corrupting his way onto the board of something. So so he, what, what, were, what were his politics like? Because on, on the traders, he's quite sweet. He... He's so, a su- he's a sweet man who's constantly complimenting everyone. He, I really like him. He became a Labour politician. I think he started as a Conservative and then defected to the Labour Party. But his politics, he was criticised very heavily by the Conservatives because they felt he was taking an anti-Brexit position. And I mean, the only thing I would say in defence of Burkow is the anti-Brexit position he was taking is we should debate Brexit in Parliament. And the Conservative Party's position was very much go fuck yourself. <laughs> Um, so that it was, yeah, it was, he, so his politics were, he, he was sort of, he, I would say that he was quite, quite a sort of centrist figure, um, but he had a very particular way. So in the UK parliament, in all, when everyone's just yelling at each other, the speaker was supposed to say, order, order. And he said, order! And that made him into a celebrity. And what's crazy is that 
he sometimes they're going at it and you know he'll do it he'll do an order and then all of a sudden yeah phaedra's 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 paying attention you know I don't know how the fuck this has happened. I, I only found out about it because of the podcast we also do for Crooked, Pod Save the UK. Please mm. download it. Please do it. We found out about it because a, an American listener wrote in and the, I believe the email just said, can you tell me what the fuck is going on? <laughs> maybe this <laughs> that is That was like, the first that I'd heard. Genuinely, that was the first I'd heard about it. Maybe that's reassuring that like he could come here and do traders in the US and not have it kind of reach the UK like the way Arnold Schwarzenegger used to do like Japanese commercials. Yeah, I yeah, yeah I, I will say uh, the uh, US version is made by the same production company that makes the UK version and it is very much going to be on British TV. So he's not quite managed to do the full Bill Murray and Lost in Translation <laughs> for relaxing times make it some Tory time steal. Well, Either way, I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nish. You can listen to Pod Save the UK, where new episodes drop every Thursday. Up next, movies are back, and Ashley Nicole Black is here to discuss a modern classic. One more time for Nish, everybody. And we're back. Please welcome to the stage a glittering star in the Love It or Leave It sky. Why, it's the incredible Ashley Nicole Black. Hi, yeah. thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Hey, are the movies back? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> what's what's the movie you've seen recently that you loved? Oh, um, I really liked I liked it so much I'm blanking on the title. Was it Madame Webb? No. I have not seen Madame Webb. Cool. I've seen the poster for it. That's all you'll need. And it looked like it was a one-woman show. So it looked like uh, an actress who did a one-woman show in a basement theater in Chicago in 2007, which is my vibe, but I haven't yet seen the movie. What's your favorite superhero movie? Uh, Captain America. Hmm. The one, uh, and the Winter Soldier. I was like, the one with the hot guy. Um, (laughs) There's two hot guys, and they're chasing each other, and they want to be friends, and it's very erotic. They are hot. Yeah. Which one is your hot guy? Oh, I love a dirty white boy. Don't give me a clean white boy. I'm a Sebastian Stan, okay? Hmm. If I'm going to go white boy, I'm going dirty. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm fine with either. <laughs> They're very handsome. <laughs> Have you seen the clips of Dakota Johnson on her Madame Web press tour? I believe it's Madame. Am I crazy? But it's spelled. Then what's that fucking e doing there? French. What? It's French. Yeah, French for Madame. It's spelled like if you ran a whorehouse, right? That's not what it's about. <laughs> well, here's a clip of her talking about um, Gen Z. I love them. Yeah. And they annoy me. Yeah. <laughs> they annoy you on a them. generational level, like how they're experiencing life. Of, yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's something, when did you feel feel the oldest? All all the time. Yeah. Like every second of the day. That's awful. I I know. It breaks my heart because I'm not that much older than them. But it just, I think it's happening so fast now. These generations are like turning over. (laughs) It's happening so fast. Every every day they got a new hair. They get older and older. Every day they get older. It's crazy. I don't know what's happening out there. 
first of all, it has to be acknowledged that she has on the tallest boots I've ever seen. The boots are coming up to her butt. I know you guys can't see it, but imagine if a pair of boots continued to a butt. That's what she's wearing. That was the standout of the clip for me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Have you ever worn boots like that? No. Um, They might be good in a flood. Yeah. But that's probably, that's not why she wore them. No, I think she wore them so we'd have something to, you know, think about after. Um, Do you remember when she yelled at Ellen? No. How was the party? I wasn't invited. (laughs) Actually, no, that's not the truth, Ellen. You were invited. Last year, you gave me a bunch of about not inviting you. I didn't invite to my birthday meal, but I had a birthday party. I invited you to mine and you came to mine. I'm just saying. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had that thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that set off the kerfuffle that followed of like, is Ellen nice? I was going to say, this is actually a really sad clip because Jonathan got fired that day. No, my gosh. You guys, that's a joke. I don't know Jonathan. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Sometimes I forget that to you guys, I'm a Hollywood person. That was fully a joke. I don't know Jonathan. I wish him very well. We don't know Jonathan. (laughs) But he did get fucking shit canned. They're like, she would know. She worked on Ted Lasso. <laughs> is it? Is it a? It's a Marvel movie. Uh, no. Oh, that's so. That was part of the fun because <laughs> there is a conspiracy theory online that that Sony is tricking people into thinking they're doing a Marvel oh. movie, but it's only in association with Marvel. So they sign up, they tag Marvel in their Instagram, they show up on the set. It's not the MCU. It's a fucking backwater Sony deal, you know? Dakota and, Johnson's like, where's Chris Evans? Right. Well, so Dakota Johnson has done interviews. Basically, she has now said, like, the script we actually made is very different than the one I read. And apparently there was an earlier version in which Tom Holland shows up. But by the time she's on set, he's in fucking no, somewhere Holland. else. No, this you know? actually happened to me once. I went out to drinks with a guy that I wanted to sleep with. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, his friend was there and then he left and I had to sleep with the friend. Heard it once. I've heard it a thousand times. Yeah, it, hap- it happens. These things happen to women and we don't talk about them. The I'm- funny thing is that is a true story and I know he listens to this podcast. <laughs> What happened? What happened? What happens is once a year I do this podcast and he DMs me. Yay, I love this podcast. So is this a kind of, are you reaching across the digital space to to say hey? Oh, no, he's very happily married. Everyone I've ever slept with is very happily married. After? Yeah. (laughs) Mostly after, yeah. (laughs) Now... You may have thought you were spared from knowing what happened in Madame Web. <laughs> we like it as Madame Web because it sounds like, you know, ah, Madame Web. <laughs> ah, no, there's Sydney Sweeney's in Madame Web. Is Sydney Sweeney in this movie? <laughs> in a sense. Uh, I say physically, yes. Performance wise, okay. no. She does not perform. She's not, yes. I definitely think she thinks she, she, she was in the film. In it, but not present. Right, for sure. Yes, yes. Uh, and I did see Madame Web, and I really do need to talk about it, which is why it's time for a game we're calling, Oh, What a Madame Web We Weave, <laughs> in which I am going to ask you whether something happened or did not happen in Sony's Madame Web 
This is really funny because I am kind of like a Marvel movie expert. So I thought, but as it turns out, I, I don't, I'm not going to be able to do well at this game. I'm excited. That's a perfect amount of information to come into this quiz with because you know the, you know, around this film, but you won't know this film. And I do believe that what, what this is, this isn't just a bad movie. This is an unholy text. (laughs) This is a cursed document. Um, So I'll start with that. Uh, Are you ready? Yes. Did this happen in Madame Web? First, there's a particular line featured in the Madame Web trailer that immediately became a meme. Uh, New Brian, please play the clip. He was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. (laughs) She was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. Just spiders, not like the reproductive habits of spiders. No. Spider habits, just spiders in general. Mm -hmm. Was that in the film? No. It wasn't. It does not appear in the film. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Just because something's in a trailer doesn't mean it's in a film. Madame Webb is set in 2011 for no apparent reason. Hmm. True or false? True. False. It is set in 2003 for no apparent reason. <laughs> it is ostensibly to line up with the Tom Holland Spider-Man films. But Tom Holland's not the movie. And Tom and Peter was born in 2001 in the MCU, uh, which is a nerd note from our new Brian. Oh, he put his real name next to that. <laughs> next time, don't shoot me in the neck with a fucking dart. And maybe <laughs> new Brian. In order to establish that it is 2003, Madame Webb hits you over the head with era-specific details. I'm going to read you these details, and you will have to tell me, was this in Madame Webb? A billboard for Black Eyed Peas, Where is the Love? Yes. False. It was a billboard for Beyonce's Dangerously in Love. A Britney Spears Toxic Needle Drop. No. No, that is in there. What? Yeah. They cleared Britney Spears? This Yeah, they 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 were going to they, they spent they, money. They were, they, yeah, they were prepared to lose a lot of money. <laughs> After narrowly avoiding death, Madame Webb says she wants to go home and watch Survivor. <laughs> yes. No, it's Idol. <laughs> she says I got to get home and watch Idol. <laughs> it's awesome because it's 2003. But also Idol's on now. That's part of the fun. <laughs> That's part of the fun of it. Things didn't change that much in 2003. At one point in the movie, Madame Webb leaves three teen girls in the woods. No. No, she does. <laughs> your gut instinct is not, has been wrong. You're, you're, you, you can't believe how bad this is. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm, I'm thinking of like how story structure should go, and I'm, I'm wrong. I'm going to read you the following lines of dialogue. You tell me, is this an actual line of dialogue from the movie Madame Webb? When you take on the responsibility, great power will come. No. No, that's true. They no! fucked up the line. In, they they flip it. With, they, instead of saying with great resp- power comes great responsibility, they say when you take on responsibility, <laughs> great power will come. It's like they Which when you, by, yeah. you take the line from, from Spider-Man, you translate it into Greek and translate it back to English on Google Translate. Well, it's actually, I think, more like... Um, uh, you know, in, in logic, like if P then Q, and it's like you learn that it's a fa- fallacy. fallacy. The fallacy. I think this is the fallacy of the inverse because with great power comes great responsibility, but there, with great, but that does not imply that with great responsibility comes great power. Sometimes you just have a lot on your shoulders. Yeah, it's called being a black woman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you All go. All the responsibility, none I, of the power. We experience it. Yeah. Thank you, one black woman in the audience, I assume. <laughs> You know the best thing about the future? It hasn't happened yet. Yes. Correct. Uh, Hope the spiders were worth it, Mom. 
Yes. That's true. <laughs> Is it because her mom died in the Amazon? Her mom dies in the Amazon while nine months pregnant looking, I, I can't, looking for a cure for, for Dakota Johnson's illness in the womb. Oh. So her plan when a she's not a spider based cure, a spider based okay. cure. This is an so there's an illness, and her plan is in her ninth month of pregnancy <laughs> to find a spider and use it to cure a disease in Peru. I guess <laughs> never leaving Peru. That's a long shot, you know. Cures wise, probably would take some time. But luckily, her daughter will have an origin story. That's right. That's right. Madame Webb is referred to as Madame Webb only one time in the entire film. Yes. No, she is never called Madame Webb <laughs> at any point. And finally, at the end of the movie, Madame Webb is left blind and paralyzed in a way that is not actually explained. Yes. Yes. She is hit on the left side of her face with a firework, thereby blinding her completely, and she's paralyzed. She is never seen <laughs> receiving any kind of an injury that would cause her to need to be in a wheelchair. Dakota Johnson was just like, I don't want to be here. You can wheel me around the set. <laughs> but I'm not walking over there. I hope you see it. <laughs> I hope you see it. This thing should be locked. This should burn out your eyes. Indiana Jones should be saying, keep your eyes closed. And it should, you could, <laughs> Madame Webb should kill Nazis when they look at it. You should be turned into a pillar of fucking salt. Would see again, had a great time. <laughs> One more time for Ashley. When we come back, Brad Williams is here. And we're back. Please welcome to the stage my fellow short king, the hilarious Brad Williams. Hello. How you doing? Thanks yes. for being here. Yes, thanks for... Which one do I sit on? Right here. Are, yes. Come no, here. wait. When you say fellow short king, how tall are you? I am... Well, uh, I'm five foot six. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> fellow short king. What? He knows what it's like. I am four foot goddamn four. Uh, I would do horrible things behind a dumpster to be five foot six. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it would work Because <laughs> I'd let you You know uh, Gay men love me Because I have small hands Everything looks bigger <laughs> hmm. Alright Now look We Every week We pitch ideas Our writers pitch ideas Based okay. on The work of our guests mm -hmm. And they were a little nervous About suggesting ideas Based on your special Because You talk a lot About dealing with dwarfism Sure and you have a fair number of short jokes in the special. I do. Well, because like when I started doing stand-up comedy, I didn't mention it at all. And I just noticed that the audience would just stare at me like, does he know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> so then I just started to uh, address it more. And I think I've, uh, I, I, I think I've rung about every dwarf joke I can out of this thing. Like, uh, yeah. I, so I'm very curious as to what your writers came up with. Before you, <laughs> well, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, now, I, in the special, you said you don't like the term short king. Yeah, because it's like, it just sounds like uh, you're calling me a chess piece. <laughs> like, 
He's a short king. And it's like, like our, our only references to short kings are like Lord Farquaad and Shrek. And no one liked that fucker. So it, it not, it's not, it, to me, it doesn't sound like too much of a compliment. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm okay. Uh, now, one thing you talk about in the special okay. is you talk about Dylan Mulvaney's Bud Light ad. Yeah. And like that, you don't care that like, why you know great that Dylan Mulvaney yeah. get a Bud Light because if a trans person if they're if they're letting uh, if they're letting marginalized people get Bud Light commercials they'll let other marginalized people like you pointing at yourself. Yeah, I could be a Bud Light spokesperson. I truly feel like I could. You know, just like because now like every like like obviously alcoholism is very serious and I you you put a dwarf in a commercial and be like drink Bud Light it only gets you a little drunk like I, if. <laughs> If you say that, it was like, oh, I can have four and still drive. Don't do that. Don't yeah. do not do that. Uh, so I was going to pitch yeah. on that a little. Someone's like, I'm a little drunk. And they cut to you and you're like, no, I'm a little drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, dwarf spokesperson for Bud Light. It's Bud Light. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He finished the joke. He did great. He did great. Yeah. Now... One thing you talk about in the special mm-hmm. is about it, partly because of what happened with Bud Light is that like every company should have just a hardcore ideology. Yeah, I want that because like I because I, now it's like you don't know where companies stand. I want every company in the world to just be like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're about. Because then you would get like products that at, like you're like should i buy this thing it's like no we're doing conservative tampons we're like we're like we are hardcore conservative right-wing tampons like 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 yeah it you're you it, it's not just your blood that's red like it, like it is hardcore like that would be so great if if just cards on the table every company was just like this is what we're doing so I, one thing that did bug me about it is like you do <laughs> no, and I think no bad ideas in a brainstorm, but the, okay. but but like you know you talk about people basically not they like they don't you know they don't want politics from a lot of their products, yeah. but and that they're and there you do some both sides you do some both sides work sure. But one thing that I was thinking about is that like I appreciated what you said that like you're happy that Bud Light is getting behind someone like Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah. Um, and what I was thinking about when you were talking about the way in which, you know, people don't want politics in their products, there is a difference, right? Like that, that, that the reason the right reacts so negatively to say someone like Dylan Mulvaney is they don't, that there is a big group of people in this country that say, Hey, I don't, I don't approve of that person living the way they want to live. Yeah. And on the other side, I do think you talk, you know, there, you know, that like when the left comes after somebody, it is more mm-hmm. about, Hey, I don't think you're being respectful enough of other people having the right to live the way they live. And mm-hmm. like, do you see a distinction, especially as someone who based on your special has faced a fair amount of yeah. attacks on not being like everybody else? Yeah. Uh, uh, to, 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 to be fair, as, as far as I know, the right hasn't gone after dwarves yet, but well, give listen, them time. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Those, you're not that far behind. You're not that yeah. far behind the Jews. It doesn't, <laughs> tra- it goes trans, maybe then a couple, trans, Jews, maybe two other people between us, and then you're up. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. All right. Uh, the, the thing is, is yes, I, I do absolutely see, uh, see a distinction. I also want to make sure, because I've got family, and they are definitely right wing, and they are definitely good people. 
And I never want someone to say one part about their personality and then me think that I know absolutely everything about them and can judge absolutely everything about them. And like, oh, okay, do they love their families? Do they pay their taxes? Are they are, – are, yes, we disagree on some things. As long as they're not actively trying to hurt me or some people, like then we can talk. Now, if they're doing that, then no, I can't. But – so I never want to go on stage and just say, here, if you believe this one thing or if you voted for this one person, then fuck you, get out. I want to have those conversations and I, because I feel like that mentality is why so many people aren't getting along is that they find out one part about someone's personality and they immediately dismiss everything else they have to say. One thing that I found moving about the special is I think you joke a lot about having dwarfism. Sure. Um, but it clearly, there is... Yeah. Uh, by the time you get to the end of the special, when you talk about the fact that you your daughter has dwarfism, mm-hmm. there is anger and fear there. You clearly are. There's the jokes are about something that's been yeah. a struggle for you. Yeah, and you talk about uh, a woman in your wife's life who was kind of <laughs> Carol. Carol. Yes. Who was? I fucking hate this woman. <laughs> I fucking hate this woman. She's a re- she's she's a real person. Okay, and and I use her real name. I do not give a shit. All right, <laughs> if she listens to this podcast, of course she knows I hate her. Like I don't hide this shit. And, and and if she sues me, great. I want her to sue me. If she sues me, she'll have to prove in court she's not a cunt. Okay, <laughs> it's not happening. It's not. Yeah. A- any judge will side with me. Right. I mean, it's civil, so it's just preponderance of evidence. <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, we'll, it's, be careful is all I'm saying. Um, but, but you talk, <laughs> I just would like, you said you started out by not joking about it mm-hmm. and you felt like when you weren't joking about it, it was on people's minds. Yeah. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about the challenge of being a comedian with mm-hmm. dwarfism going around the country long before you had a special when yeah. I am sure that, uh, you know, people that come to these things, they're awful. <laughs> uh, uh, my, so my favorite and by favorite, I mean, most terrifying story like this. Uh, I was in Odessa, Texas. Jealous? Of course you are. And uh, I was uh, I during the show got 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 a heckler and uh you know, I dealt with it, but then at some point you have you have to kick the heckler out, and we and we did. Rest of the show went great. I go out to the car to drive back to the hotel. It's my opening act driving. I don't drive because <laughs> obviously. Um, and then we see headlights turn on, and it a a pickup truck starts screening towards us. A, a, a guy leans out the window and just yells out, "Kill the dwarf!" Yeah, and at that moment, I didn't stop and be like, hey, thanks for using the correct terminology. Because uh, that wasn't the part that offended me. Uh, it was more the kill that, that I had the problem with. Um, so, yeah, I did. So no matter what I do, if I I have to talk about it. I have to address it. It's also a point of view that doesn't get addressed much in comedy. It gets made fun of from outsiders. 
but it never gets talked about like as a person who's who's living with it. So I have a real opportunity to share with people what it is actually like and what it is like to check into a hotel and everything's cool. And then you look up the shower head and you go, fuck, because it's just straight ahead. Like like the shower head is pointed straight ahead. And I don't really want to call the front desk and be like, hey, could you just send someone up and move the shower head down two inches? So I end up like climbing up the side. This is how I'm going to die, by the way. I'm, I, I've seen my death. I'm fixing a shower head. I slip on the bathtub and I go, I fucking knew it. And that's going to be... So, like, I, I, I have the opportunity to share those kind of stories, so I do. But then at the same time, I know that if I do, like, two dwarf jokes in an act, there will be some people that go, he's using his crutch. It's like, it's not my crutch. It's my life. Like, I yeah. don't know how to write the jokes of a from the perspective of a six, six foot two white guy. I don't know how to do that act. They're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> you so, can't be funny up there. Yeah. So there's no comedy up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comedy is the opposite of heat. Yeah. It falls. Yeah. It doesn't rise. Comedy yeah, lower. Comedy. Yeah. Comedy's Smart on the ground. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but yes. Uh, 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 so. I just try to write jokes that are authentic to my to my perspective, and that is my perspective. Well, before we let you go, speaking mm-hmm. of your perspective, yes, uh, we are going to end with uh, some questions about whether or not these are the best parts about being Ooh. a term we we're a term we're no longer using. Well, oh. short king. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> it, it's it, like there's no good term, like for because it's like oh we're supposed to be called little people, but that sounds condescending as fuck. You know, like he he's a person just little. You know, it's and then it's like you're you're supposed to say dwarf, and thanks to Disney, that's not great. Uh, and then and then the, the bad one is midget, but to me that almost sounds nice. Like like, <laughs> like it sounds like he like oh it's my fr- like it almost sounds French. Like my friend is a midget. Like and, and that's, uh, but then we're not supposed to use that one. So oh, okay, what do we get called? Short king. And then I've already talked about why I don't like that one. Can we just right here and now? Let's just come up with a new term for little people that all dwarves will just totally hop on board on. Like I don't. Like, Big Dick Magoos. Okay. Uh, like, like just... Big Dick Magoos. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to put myself in a position of doing the naming. I think that's not appropriate. <laughs> so it's sort of so, your your job. I think I have to leave that to you. So we'll just go it, with that. If you're if you're going with Big Dick Magoos, <laughs> yeah. I, I would say let's 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 female use it dwarves for... are pissed, but okay, we'll I get think... to that. Right. Sure. So there's an intersectional element yet to be worked out. All right. Is this here? Are these yes or no? It's called short and sweet. And it's short and sweet. I forgot that we're calling this segment short and sweet. Um, there, oh, we're good. We're next to the fucking bug from a bug's life. Yeah. Terrific. I like how they photoshopped appropriately. They could have made us the same hype. They're like, nah, let's just keep Brad the shortest one still. All right. But yes or no, do you consider this an advantage? Okay. Uh, if you're bald, everyone can see, so you're forced to emotionally confront it and deal with it, which benefits uh, the short as people. Why do you think I wear a fucking hat? All right. Because I'm balding. So okay? Not, it's so not, I'm not. I'm running away from it. <laughs> can use capri pants as regular pants. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Cheaper. If, if yeah, I- <laughs> it, it, it was just kind of awkward. Because there, because there was a trend at one point, and it's still out there a little bit. But like, dudes buy these like pants, but then they like 
zip off into mm-hmm. shorts because like what 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 if you're out in the wilderness and oh you have to traverse a river of course you're just gonna zip off because that happens to all of us uh <laughs> and then when that trend was going on i bought one because i was like yeah i want I, I want that but then after all the tailoring i just had pants that zipped off into pants <laughs> <laughs> if a hot tall person wants to date you it's because of your kind soul excellent sense of humor and palpable sexual charisma and that feels pretty good no sometimes it's a fetish and i'm totally okay with that I, I love how people, like, I'm married now, but, like, back in my single days, people be like, she's only fucking you because you're a dwarf. Great! <laughs> Why is that a problem? Why? What? Like, I, I, is, is, your, is your orgasm not as good? Like, oh, I'm being exploited. Like, I don't know. That's yeah. hot. It's, it's fine. I don't get it. It's sort of like fetish is to, you know, uh, sexual attraction what cult is to religion it's just like a fetish is just something that caught on that you know you know what i mean yeah it's fine like oh so you're into something and you're not hurting anybody and and everyone involved is a consenting adult awesome go fucking nuts (laughs) all right next it's there's nothing quite like drinking your morning dew out of an acorn cap (laughs) (laughs) we're getting to the ones we were worried about pitching <laughs> I like that. I like that your people turn me into a character from Fern Gully. Yeah. <laughs> you re- you re- you really know how old you are if you laughed at that joke. <laughs> Love Fern Gully, and yeah. we also first saw Fern Gully, and then that's it. We fixed the rainforest. Yep. Uh, you never have to worry about the blanket being too short to cover your toes. That's pretty great. That I'm not I'm not gonna lie that that one's pretty sweet uh, and and like I could fall asleep on this couch it's fine it's That's fine cool. a- a- any ottoman will do. <laughs> you see a chest of drawers I see bunk beds. <laughs> and finally, you can never punch down. I'm still working on that. All right, I I, I will find a way. You'll find and it. And that's, and that's the beauty of it. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of it. Guys, give it up for Brad Williams. You can check out his special, Starfish, streaming exclusively on Beeps. When we come back, it's time for the wheel. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something I need to get off my chest? What is your outlet for working through the things that stress you out? Oh, man. You know, I don't know. Pushing it down. <laughs> Pushing it all the way down, getting it real down deep in there. Squish it. Squishing it. Squishing it real tight. Fighting through it. <laughs> Gotta fight through it. Skinny jeans are for dads. Fight it. You fight it. You push it down. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. <laughs> when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Not me. Not me. I'm running on rails. <laughs> Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Uh, I said to my therapist just yesterday, I just feel like I don't have the 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 attention span right now to focus on some of these longer term issues. And she's mm. like, you found a way to say that every session for the past five years. <laughs> if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest. With BetterHelp, everybody needs therapy. You need therapy, I need therapy, Tommy needs therapy. Mm. We all need therapy. Mm-hmm. Visit betterhelp.com slash love it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love it. 
Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8th, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And we're back! Stop your doom scrolling and streamline your political giving with Vote Save America's Anxiety Relief Program. Here's how it works. You set up a recurring monthly donation at the level that feels right for you, and we'll send 100% of it to grassroots organizations and down-ballot races. Then at the end of every month, we will tell you where your dollars went. So if you feel overwhelmed by requests, you're not sure exactly where to donate, you can make a monthly contribution, and you'll know that it'll be going to key races, uh, key ballot initiatives, key organizations that are doing the good work on the ground. So head to votesaveamerica.com and sign up now to make a difference one dollar at a time. Legal disclaimer... (laughs) Hey, we became a real place, real business. <laughs> Legal disclaimer, this is paid for by Vote Save America, votesaveamerica.com, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Also, on the latest episode of Polar Coaster with Dan Pfeiffer, Dan breaks down the discourse around Biden's age and fitness for office. So buckle up. <laughs> is it time to freak out? The only way to know is to listen. Sign up for access to Polar Coaster and other exclusive pods at crooked.com slash friends. All right, please welcome Nish and Ashley back to join Brad. Ashley's back. Nish is back. Brad is here. Now it is time for a segment we call We Wish It Were the Rant Wheel. Ooh, a little Mm. twist. Here's how it works. We're going to talk about something we're furious at ourselves for liking. And I'll go first uh, because I can't keep... Well, let's spin the wheel. Oh. I like it with our heads on it. That was twist. <laughs> that, surprise. that was completely random. <laughs> oh my god! It's yeah, like a Russian of... election. <laughs> I've won again with one hundred percent of the vote. Yet again, still champion. All right, I have to tell you something. I tried the Apple Vision Pro, and it's cool oh. as hell. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's They're cool as fucking hell. You. Oh, my God. It was like All the right. dinosaur was in my living room, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it looked stupid, and I felt ridiculous. But then I, I started using the notepad to write things in my living room, and then and you can, like, make little notes, and you can leave and come back, and it's still fucking in there. You can walk around. You can sit on you – can, you can watch a Star Wars movie on Tatooine, and I know that <laughs> that's not important. <laughs> Wait, but, like, I, I, I think the important thing that can save you – where are you using your Apple Vision Pro? In the comfort of your own home, or are you No, out? I was driving my Cybertruck. But, the, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's neither here nor there. It has autopilot. 
that's what it's for. <laughs> sure. Um, but John, you can just write a note on a piece of paper in real life and it will still and be there. And it will there. still be there yeah. when you come back in the room. I do that almost every day. Wait, you can it? leave a note somewhere. I when you come back, it's the still there. Who's stealing the boats in <laughs> your house, John? You just the have other, a shitty roommate. The other thing is I took apart uh, moon, a lunar lander and I could like move the parts around and then walk around it. And again, I don't know what a lunar lander is made of, but now I'm looking inside of it. And I felt like if I knew more, it might have helped. <laughs> Lead with the fucking lunar lander. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's like the Matrix. Uh, uh, it's that, like the it Matrix. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It just looks like you're playing the most fucked up harp of all yes. time. Just... <laughs> but what I mean when I say that it's like the ma- Matrix, it's the logical end of capitalism, and you won't believe it until you see it for yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a lot of fun, and I did not buy one. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> the Apple, if you're listening, if you send Love It One, he will present the rest of this series only wearing it. Like yeah. there's... Yeah. Listen, I feel as though I have put myself out there in a way that has, at the very least, earned consideration of an Apple Vision Pro showing up. And if it doesn't, I won't be mad, because that's not why I did this. Or but, just send him a pen and paper. <laughs> and, and a, and a magic way. eye puzzle. Yeah. Send me a magic eye and a fucking notebook. <laughs> Apple pencil. I, yeah, no, I know, I know, I know, and yeah, I watched three minutes of Avatar: The Way of Water in 3D. <laughs> I just picturing Tim Cook coming out in a black T-shirt, and he's like, "We've innovated again. <laughs> it's a stick that allows you to put words on paper, <laughs> and they stay there." <laughs> okay, Listen, you leave for- the room; they're still there. <laughs> And for only the low, low price of $5,000, okay. you can have this technology. Leave your brain on the nightstand. Apple pencil. I realized that what I described it as was stupid. <laughs> Let's spin it again. What if it comes up as you again? <laughs> It has landed on oh, Brad. So what's close. something? What's something you hate to love? <sighs> shoes. <laughs> I'm a big shoe guy. A big oh, shoe s- guy. Sneakerhead, and it's definitely like some sort of little man syndrome, Napoleon complex. Because I like having nice shoes. Because I think too many times people think that the only shoes that I can have are shoes that have like lights blinking from them <laughs> or like certain cartoon characters on them. So I like to go around and be like, see, F you, Jordans, just like you. And I like to do that. And I, But thankfully, mine are way cheaper than yours. <laughs> Way cheaper, like ridiculously cheaper. That's cool. Yeah, that part's good. But like, it's just like, I shouldn't have so much. Like, I have a child. I should have more efficient use of the uh, of my house than a shoe closet. I should not have that, but I do. <laughs> they make me feel happy. And that's good. Then I think that should be good. Okay. I also like pro wrestling. I hate that I hate that. <laughs> yeah, you got one. Yeah, what? See, some people booed. 
fuck yourself. Okay, I like now I'll defend pro wrestling. Now I now I'm freaking adamant about this because the, because the number one thing of people that hate pro wrestling are like it's fake. So is The Bachelor, okay? <laughs> and yet you watch that and think that's real love. You think really two average people go to a market on top of a cliff in Bangkok <laughs> as their first date? No, that's not real love. That's not, not real. real life. Show me men. Show me spandex. Show me pyro. You got show, me. Show me a good ending, okay? Wow, you're, I, we are speaking the same language. <laughs> show me men. Show me, show me spandex. Show me a good Wait. ending. <laughs> What are you talking about? Wait until, <laughs> wait until I show you who Cody Rhodes is. You're going to love this guy. All right. All right. Hashtag finish the story. I also hate really cool sneakers yeah. because every time I'm wearing really cool sneakers, I feel like men use that as their excuse to come up and be like, oh, I like your sneakers. And I'm like, just mm. tell me you like my tits, dude. Like, what are we, what are we doing? We're trying to be nice. <laughs> Can I compliment your sneakers and then your tits? Can I work my way up? <laughs> No, and then I'll go to your socks. Hey, my, hey, eyes down lower, buddy. <laughs> Let's spin it again. It just landed on Nish. Okay, so this week, Sam Mendes has announced that he's making four <laughs> Beatles movies. Each one from each one of their point of views. Obviously, our first question, even Ringo's. <laughs> the answer, yes. And what the, the reason that I hate that I love this is that I love the Beatles. I'm a huge Beatles fan. Absolutely adore them, as all British people do. That's a true, <laughs> a true stereotype. It's required but, by law. Yeah. Yeah, Compulsory. Do we, I, do we need another more Beatles content? Like, there's so many documentaries. There's so many footage of people do we need to see sort of actors pretending to be them I think there's such a danger with making biopics of people that are so on film and so readily available and and I also think like isn't it isn't it something sort of creatively bankrupt shouldn't we be making films about uh, less celebrated musicians that actually bring them more to light like when the documentary about Daniel Johnson came out and a whole new generation of people discover that person's music or searching for the sugar man like isn't that where we should go and yet even as I think all of this I know I'm gonna watch every single one <laughs> <laughs> the day that it comes out and I will be making notes about all of them I will be praying the Ringo Starr episode covers his time voicing the cartoon Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> I'll be massively hoping for that um, I, but yeah I think it, it feels sort of like not something that we necessarily need and certainly not something that like we need someone like Sam Mendes to devote like years of his life to <laughs> but you know because like uh, he could be making you know James Bond an original franchise. <laughs> Good reference. Yeah. I think we don't have too much yeah. of it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Finally, hey, a James also, Bond movie. Yeah. Uh, he also made 1917, a film about the First World War. One of the least filmed wars. <laughs> no, it, it, it's one of those things where every part of me thinks this feels creatively bankrupt. Also, the sort of novelty of the four films makes it feel like films deliberately trying to ape streaming, which I don't like. I like the fact that a film is between like 90 minutes and three hours and not 75 hours. I, I like that, that it's not a 75 part TV series. I like all of But at the same time, I know because I'm so obsessed with the Beatles that I know 100% that I will uh, watch every single one of them. I think the only biopic of the Beatles I would watch would be of Yoko. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that, <laughs> that, it would be great if the John one gets split into two parts by Yoko. That would be <laughs> like a fun, that would be at least like a fun riff on the whole thing. <laughs> my, my, it's the, there's just, there's something about like when very creative people make, like very talented, incredible directors and writers, like they're like, I want to make something about the creative process. Yeah. And then you all, inevitably you end up with something that's like, uh, look, I'm not expecting that at some point there's going to be an egg and a walrus and then <laughs> sort of looking back and forth and be like, I've got it. But like, Unless I, it's in your Apple Vision yeah. Pro and there's an egg and a walrus that but, you can leave in your living room and it'll still be there. It'll be there when I got home. You could, I almost said, you know, you can make a shopping list in your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, have I got news for you? Right on the fridge. You can put it on the fridge and it'll still be on the fridge when you leave and come back. Listen, the point I was making. I Surely, so, there's lots of creative and interesting people that listen to these podcasts. Surely somebody could cut together from what John has said. I love it. Apple Vision advert. <laughs> you can write things down and they remain there. Can it help you make a to-do list? <laughs> Let's As spin well. it again. <laughs> it's just so funny because any real estate agent will send you a post-it thing that you stick on your fridge. I know. I didn't do a good job of explaining list. why it's cool. I know I fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> you made you fucked up. You all saw it and you didn't let it go. <laughs> and you're keeping me honest. You're holding me accountable. Ashley, you're up. Uh, well, this one is going to be very vulnerable. Um, I have recently become addicted to HGTV. Um, as recently as 20 days ago, I was a cool young black woman. <laughs> and now I am a middle-aged wasp. <laughs> it's on all the time. And every show is the same. It's always a white couple. And the man hates the woman <laughs> with every fiber of, he hates her so much. Every joke is about how he hates her. But the way you know he's still a good guy, so he's always like, she's the boss. <laughs> she's the real boss of this work site. It's like, no, it seems like she is your boss. <laughs> like three quarters of the episode is her working and you doing bits about how much you don't like her. And I can't stop watching and I'm watching it and I'm like oh, I hate these people ooh a brass faucet <laughs> every episode what are they going to do they're going to remove the walls and paint it white and here I am in my bed I wonder what they're oh remove the walls and paint it white <laughs> and put in a brass faucet and I'm riveted and I'm ashamed <laughs> I hate that you said like what am I a middle aged wasp and I was like hey I like HGTV <laughs> Oh no! And then I stopped and went, oh fuck, I'm 40 and white. Ah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Ah. It's very compelling. <laughs> I'm in it. <laughs> I'm into it. We don't use the term wasp. I'm familiar with the term, uh, but we don't use the term wasp in Britain. So there is every time I hear an American refer to a wasp, there is always a moment where I'm like, oh my God, how big is this wasp? <laughs> There's um, it's married a human woman. <laughs> They're in, big and they do stink. Yeah. <laughs> in this room, four foot four. That's how big the wasp is. Still a good size wasp. Easily swattable. Still good scary. size. Yeah. Still a good size. But you don't understand. You put the thing on and it's like you're in 
It's like you're in another world because you can make a list of things. And that's things we hate to love. When we come back, we went on a high note. And we're back. Because we all need it. Here it is, the high note. Hi, this is Heidi from West Texas. And my high note, um, it's one that I've mentioned on the Discord before, but I'm excited to officially record it for the show. If it gets in the show, it'd be really nice if we got on the show. Anyway, my dad uh, is working the polls. Um, It was something that I suggested to him when uh, he retired last year and moved uh, to be a bit closer to me that this that becoming a poll worker would be uh, a good way to get involved, especially since he was someone who isn't an election denier per se, but he definitely thinks there's a conspiracy behind everything. So he's probably thought that every election was rigged since he's ever. Anyway, he took me up on it. He is working 14 hour days, helping people vote early here in Texas, even though his politics and mine differ quite a lot. Uh, We've both always agreed about the importance of public service. And so I'm just so proud of him. I'm so happy that he's involved. And I love finding out what he learns about our community. So thanks so much. Thanks, everybody. You sent in a high note tonight. If you want to send us a message about something that gave you hope, send a voice memo to L-O-L-I, lowlyhighnotes at gmail.com. Or if you're a friend of the pod subscriber, you can leave them for us on the Discord in the Love It or Leave It channel and maybe you'll hear it featured on the show and that's our show thank you so much to nish kumar brad williams and ashley nicole black there are 261 days until the 2024 elections have a great night and have a great weekend doom scrolling don't forget to follow us at crooked media on instagram and twitter you can also find love it or leave it on youtube for access to your favorite segments and other exclusive content and if you're as opinionated as we are consider dropping us a review finally you can join our friends of the pod subscription community for ad-free episodes exclusive content and a great discussion on discord plus it's a great way to get involved with vote save america so sign up today at crooked.com slash friends love it or leave it is a crooked media production it is written and produced by me john lovett and lee eisenberg kendra james is our executive producer Halle Kiefer is our head writer Sarah Lazarus Jocelyn Coffin Peter Miller Alan Pierre Will Miles and Mahana Del Shiki are our writers Evan Sutton is our editor Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis provide audio support Stephen Cologne is our audio engineer and Milo Kim is our videographer our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure thanks to our designer Bernardo Serna for creating and running all of our visuals which you can't see because this is a podcast and to our digital producers Zuri Irvin David Tolls Claudia Shang Mia Kelman and Matt DeGroat for filming and editing video each week so you can David Axelrod, the founder and director of the University of Chicago Institute of Politics and CNN, brings you the Axe Files. Hey, we know him. We know him. We love him. Go beyond the sound bites and get to know some of the most interesting players in politics. Axe Files is a series of revealing interviews with key figures in the political world. New episodes come out every Thursday. We've both been guests. Yeah. Remember, I was a guest once because you had to back out last minute. Really? What happened to me? 
I think we were in Texas. Was that when that happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Was when I got sick in Texas? Yeah. <sighs> I had to jump in there. Oh man. Mm. Well, I'd rather be sick in Austin than healthy in a lot of cities. It's I'm true. being honest. It's true. Listen to the Axe Files from CNN Audio wherever you get your podcasts. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.